From the Capitol in Madison, this is Wiz Politics Midday. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeff Maris from WizPolitics.com here with Midday, brought to you by Spectrum. I'm joined with Alex Moe. He's our WizBusiness.com editor. And Alex uh, covered our healthcare forum yesterday, our virtual luncheon with healthcare leaders uh, on lessons from the ongoing pandemic. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So um, um, I hosted, you covered it. Uh, we had uh, four prominent leaders in uh, Wisconsin healthcare talking about the ongoing pandemic. When we first planned this thing, um, uh, it was going to be looking in the rearview mirror, but of course the Delta variant and other things got in the way. So it was the ongoing pandemic and looking back and looking forward, we had uh, the Department of Health Services Secretary, Karen Timberlake. We had um, Dr. John Raymond, he's uh, head of the Medical College of Wisconsin. We had Chris Waleski, uh, she heads up Bell and Health up in the Green Bay, Bay Area. And we had Dr. Susan Turney, and she uh, heads up the Marshfield Clinic. Um, so one of my takeaways, one of the things that was, I thought um, the, the tone, the tenor of it was um, maybe a little cautious optimism, um, you know, about what lies ahead. Maybe we're peaking a little bit on the Delta variant or vaccination rates keep creep, creeping up. There's some other things on the horizon, maybe some antivirals that can help. Um, anyway, what, what was your take just on the general tenor, the tone of it all? Yeah, I definitely agree. There was a, a definite sense of cautious optimism. I think that our our speakers on on the panel yesterday were 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 expressing some perspectives that were hopeful about the ability of our state to come together and you know get folks vaccinated, continue mitigation efforts to kind of get through this current surge and and hopefully through the overall pandemic here in the near future. But of course that is tempered with the reality of what we're seeing here, which is, you know, this ongoing surge. And though there's some possibly, you know, hopeful looking at trends in the data here that our, our panelists made a point to emphasize that we're not out of the woods yet. And I think that's important for people to understand. Yeah. I, and on top of that, we have a, uh, the flu season's coming up. And so um, I think uh, Karen Timberlake, the head of DHS, mentioned that, uh, you know, um, you know, vaccination is like a habit, you know, it's a good habit, it's a good healthcare habit. And so, um, you know, vaccination rates on flu um, vaccines has not really been that great over the years, over the recent years. And so she said something to the effect, well, if we don't uh, improve on that. It could be a, you know, a bad flu season too. So there's that. There's the danger of other variants that could emerge. And there's a, a you know, I think uh, Dr. Raymond uh, of Medical College of Wisconsin warned about the, uh, how politics has, has creeped into all of this. And, and so that's not helpful. Um, there's workforce issues. So there, there are problems. But, I, you know, I think that one of the lessons I heard uh, from everybody was, well, we had this ability, you know, there was this forced cooperation among healthcare systems. There's a, you know, a sort of a, a Midwest values thing coming through, like we can get through this. And, uh, you know, I think in, in some ways, 
it seems like Wisconsin has been able to avoid the worst, like some other states, because of some of these things, even though we're still in the middle of the pack, really, in terms of um, uh, vaccination uh, rates. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And I, I, I thought what some of our speakers said about what the pandemic revealed was really quite interesting. As you mentioned, Dr. Raymond with the Medical College of Wisconsin, just talking about how folks have been almost with the politicization of public health measures, seeing each other as the enemy, as opposed to the virus as a common enemy for us all. And obviously seeing that as a, as a, as a negative trend. So, and, and Dr. Turney as well with Marshfield Clinic also kind of highlighting the sort of the good and bad that, that the pandemic has sort of shown a spotlight on among people here in, in Wisconsin and more broadly, just the way that folks have been responding to the pandemic with ingenuity and cooperation on the positive side, but then also with, I believe she said, the, the frailty of um, people's faith and belief in science and research. So kind of balancing those two aspects was, was something that was really interesting to hear about. This workforce issue, I mean, this is a nationwide problem. And I, uh, Dr. Turney of the Marshall Clinic, uh, you know, which uh, covers a big swath, a uh, rural part of the, of the state, said, well, you know, there's been a, a rural uh, healthcare worker crisis for a decade. But I mean, this is really being felt um, you know, because of the stresses um, you know, brought on by COVID, the uh, delays in many procedures, um, you know, all these kind of things have really worn down uh, the uh, healthcare workforce. And um, I think that there's, you know, they all expressed um, dismay at this. Uh, what were some of the solutions um, that, that, that popped up or the possible solutions that popped up? Gosh, well, I know that Chris Waleski with Bell and Health was talking about the way that they are responding to some of these pressures on the workforce by, by almost having these higher expectations and asking their, their workers to do more. She, as the president and CEO of their health system, she said she was having to work over extra time on the weekends, actually doing some, some patient-facing care as the head of the overall organization. So even among the leadership positions, there's a sense of an expectation of, of just having these healthcare providers and, and people across the organization do more, which I think is contributing to that burnout. And the uh, as far as solutions go, that's that's obviously one of the biggest challenges that our our panelists are grappling with. Well, I, you know, Raymond mentioned, uh, you know, getting, um, um, uh, getting people who aren't necessarily you know, not doctors, uh, you know, not just physicians assistants, but people like pharmacists to get them be able to do more, uh, to do more procedures or to, to uh, do more hands-on stuff other than, um, you know, what, what, what we would normally think of from a pharmacist. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. The idea of training pharmacists to be doing, I think, physical examinations of patients is definitely something new to me and certainly interesting. And the whole concept, I think that Chris Waleski with Bell and Health mentioned, as well as Dr. Raymond, the concept of having people work to the top of their license and almost expanding the concept of team-based care in the hospital setting, really almost 
stretching the the workforce that they have as as far as it can go within reason without diminishing the the quality of care i believe is the goal yeah now the um each of these uh institutions have requirements for their workers to be vaccinated and not all of them um have come up to the deadline yet um but you know what did you hear from from um that um, because I um, again I remember asking uh, Chris Waleski of, of Bell and Health. It's like, well, if some people find it hard to believe that healthcare workers might resist getting vaccinated, and she said, well, they're reflective of their communities at large, which you know I hadn't you know I hadn't really thought of, but it, you know it makes sense. So if you're in an area where your peers or the people in your community are, are not high on getting vaccinated, you might not be either. But anyway, what, what else did you hear in terms of the vaccination um, rates with the, uh, with the requirements um, at these institutions? Yeah, that was a really interesting aspect of the discussion, actually, the way that these different workforce populations are kind of responding to the vaccine mandates in different ways. Dr. Raymond with the medical college really mentioned that their workforce has been highly supportive of the mandate. And I believe he said 97% is in compliance with their policy with 94% fully vaccinated, which, which is really quite high when you contrast it with, for example, Chris Waleski mentioned for Bell and Health, they're sitting at an, maybe the, early, the low 80%, I believe 82 or 83% of their workforce is vaccinated. And um, as you mentioned, that we're not, we haven't hit their deadline yet, which I believe is November 15th. But you can see there's a difference there. And, and really, Bell and Health, like Marshfield Clinic Health System, has kind of more of a rural perspective on the type of care and communities that they are providing care to. And then on the other hand, Dr. Susan Turney with the Marshfield Clinic Health System, very much a rural care area for that. She did not provide a specific percentage on how much of their workforce is vaccinated, but she did highlight some strong resistance among their workers to the mandate. Of course, that's not everyone that works there, but it's it must be significant enough because I believe she mentioned there, there were protests held. So I think that's a big challenge that in particular, the health systems dealing with the rural areas are grappling with. Although as our panelists mentioned, it's not quite as simple and cut and dry as just rural versus urban. Though some of those yeah, factors certainly know. are at play. Right. I think that there is a narrative out there about it. You know, uh, rural counties are all slow to uh, vaccinate. But I think um, I remember Karen Timberlake, the Department of Health Services Secretary, saying there's uh, 14 counties that she would consider to be rural in Wisconsin where the vax rate is, uh, you know, uh, higher uh, than the, the statewide average. So I think that. Um, it's more nuanced than that, uh, of course. Uh, so I think that that's something to watch out for. And, you know, there's, uh, um, well, one thing about it, there's no shortage of data when it comes to COVID and vaccinations and everything, you know. Uh, um, you know, the DHS uh, uh, and uh, Wisconsin Hospital Association dashboards are a wealth of information. They'll keep social scientists and, and uh, researchers busy for years. So. Um, I, you know, we're going to have to just keep following this, uh, Alex. It's a continuing story, and uh, 
one way for people to tap into this is uh, by subscribing to the free uh, healthcare report that you do every day. Um, and uh, you can sign up for that at business.com. And then if you want to watch our, uh, our program yesterday, our virtual luncheon, you can go to wisbusiness.com and see Alex's reporting on that, and you can link to the video. So I want to thank Alex Moe, the wispbusiness.com editor, for joining me today. And this is Jeff Mayers from wispolitics.com, signing off for Midday, brought to you by Spectrum. This has been Wispolitics Midday. For more state government and political news, visit wispolitics.com.